I think uh, Father's Day, happy Father's Day. I think, I think fathers sometimes get quite a, quite a tough deal. I, I'm kind of feeling a little precious myself. I think we get a bit of a tough deal in society and culture these days. There are dad jokes. And we, you know, I, I, all my jokes are known as dad jokes, certainly in my house. There's dad dancing. Shall I give you a demo? No, I'm not going to. There's daddy daycare when, you know, and, and the joke about daddy daycare is we haven't got a clue. Um, but we kind of muddle our way through. Uh, and there's the dad bod, which I am demonstrating for you uh, here. And we kind of swell in different areas. This morning, my, my darling wife, Vix, is a gift giver. And it's Father's Day. And so she decided to give me a gift. Here it is. It says, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. (laughs) Don't you like that? I think that's awesome. And I still think it's part of dad shaming. So she's in trouble uh, later on. Yeah, for the camera. (laughs) It's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. Maybe we should balance that there for, no, maybe not. Um, I, I've got two little boys. I'm going to put a picture up of them. Um, Harry is 11. Rory has just turned seven. Uh, and actually, those, that picture captures their personalities. Uh, Harry's is charming, compliant, and all this kind of stuff. And, and Rory's a monster. <laughs> I don't know where he came from. Um, and he said these words. The moment he said them to me yesterday, I went straight to my desk and wrote them down uh, because... I needed some sympathy, and, and th- this, is, this is what I said. He was, he was in our, our little room in our house, but we call it a playroom, and uh, he was looking out the window, and I came up behind him and, and said, I need a cuddle. Gave him, gave him a cuddle while we were looking out the window. And, and, he's, and he just sits there being cuddled by me, stands there, and, and he says, I hate cuddles. Then he goes, looks at me like this over, over his shoulder, mostly from you. <laughs> And then, like the cartoon evil laugh, he goes, ha, 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 loser. And I'm like, where did that come from? So, you know, bear with me. I'm emotional today. Uh, and mostly that's due to Rory, who is fantastic. So I love the different personalities. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what kind of young man he will become in due course. Um, so dads, you're great. We think you're great. Whatever, even if our culture doesn't always honor fatherhood, uh, the scriptures do, uh, and we do. And so happy Father's Day. So I've got a little piece of the, the music sound that's breaking off. There we go. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, Andrew and Nikki said some pretty important words earlier, and, and we prayed those important words uh, about fathers, because I'm thinking of our church family here. Uh, and we've got uh, dads who have babes in arms and toddlers. We've got dads with kids in the school years. We've got dads uh, whose kids have maybe left home, gone to uni, and and maybe uh, older adults as well. Um, We've got those who have longed to be fathers, uh, and that just hasn't happened or hasn't happened yet. We've got foster dads. We've got uh, those dads who have adopted children. Uh, We've got people in our church family who have recently lost dads. And we've got uh, dads who have lost kids uh, recently or over the years. Um, And we've got loads of spiritual fathers. Uh, And and it's just so special to think about, you know, the the spectrum uh, and the breadth across this church family. And even now, what I'd love you to do, even behind your masks, is just look around the room and maybe lock eyes with some of the men and... Give them a smile with your eyes and your eyebrows and maybe shoot a little prayer and just acknowledge 
the dads, the fathers, the men, the father figures are all across this church uh, room. And, and at home, we can't see you, you can see us, and, and we know you're there, uh, and we love you, and we honor you uh, this morning. And actually, I've been thinking uh, particularly about how Jesus, and this was extraordinary, Jesus, when he was walking with his disciples, he invites, he invited his disciples then, and he invites us today, to address God as Father. And I think that's extraordinary, to not just to address God, but to know God as Father. Now, now all of us will have had different experiences of, of our fathers in life, some great, some maybe less than great, um, but this is the perfect father, the good, good father, as one of those songs that we love to sing is. And it blows my mind that Jesus is saying, Nick, you can know God as father. Perfect, intimate, close, always present, always loving. And that's, that's the invitation. Uh, for every single person in this building, outside the building as well. And it's a reminder to me that Christianity, it's not about a set of rules that we've got to do this and we can't do that. It's about relationship and it's about love. And we've been talking about hospitality uh, over the recent weeks and that's the series we're in at the moment. And actually hospitality is pretty much the same. it's, It's about relationships and it's about love. And so actually hospitality is just simply the natural overflow of authentic Christianity. And it's so special, relationship and love. And we all, we all need that. Uh, what I'd love to do is I'd love to refresh our memories of some of the verses that we've already looked at over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, so if you've got a Bible, would you open up Romans chapter 12? You might find it on the app, Romans chapter 12. And I just want to look at one verse uh, for a moment. Romans 12, verse 13. And then I'll take you to another verse in, in a minute. Romans 12, 13 says this. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality and instruction to us. Now, if you could flick further on to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9... Here's another instruction or exhortation. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. The exclamation mark is mine. (laughs) I just thought that was quite quite good. Without grumbling. Maybe it spots the fact that sometimes I do. So what's really interesting here is that both of these instructions, both of these verses, they encourage hospitality, but it's to within others within the church community, within the church family. And, and, and actually, as I was reading this and thinking about this, I thought, hang on, that, that feels a bit funny. I was like, well, what about those outside the church? These are possibly the most, uh, the most used verses about hospitality when we think about it. But the context seems to be in the church. And doesn't that, wouldn't that just create a, like a self-serving kind of bubble where we're like this exclusive, inward-looking community? So it got, it got me thinking, and I think it's important that we dig into this idea a little bit more and explore it. So I want to look at each verse in its context. So here's the Romans 12 uh, passage. Our verse was um, put up in yellow. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. But look at the verses before and after. In verse 10... Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another 
above yourselves. Verse 13, share with the Lord's people, as we've read. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And verse 16, live in harmony with one another. You see all those one another's there. Actually, Romans 12 is famous for being one of the three or four places where the Bible describes the church as a body, one body, with each of us being different members, different parts of one body. So the immediate and the primary context here seems to be the church family. Well, let's look at that other verse, that 1 Peter 4, and the verses around what we read. So we read the yellow bit, offer hospitality to one another. Just before it, above all, love each other deeply. And just after it, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. So again, the immediate context is the church family. Okay, so I want us to hold on to that uh, for a moment. That's a a thing. We're just going to park that. We're going to hold it over here. And then I want to think about a couple of other things. So over the last uh, couple of weeks, as we've explored this, some of our um, previous speakers, and I remember Holly did a great job last Sunday evening, explained that the Greek word that we then translate hospitality is philozenia, a love of or a love for strangers. You can see how it it breaks down. Uh, Philio is love, uh, xenos is stranger or foreigner, and philozenia, a love for strangers or a love of uh, strangers. So strangers are the people that we don't know well. It's not just friends. It's not just our buddies and having them round, but it's a love for the stranger, the word hospitality. So let's have a look at Hebrews 13. Verse 2. I've got just this and one more verse uh, to, to land on. And Hebrews 13, verse 2, makes this a little clearer. It says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Okay, and then the last verse I want to look at is Matthew 25, verse 35. This is actually Jesus speaking, and Jesus, he's giving that. Um, sort of metaphor or analogy of the sheep and the goats, and it's a tough chapter. But in part of that conversation, he says, I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And he's commending a certain group of people who saw the stranger and invited him. And actually, they said, when? We, we don't remember that. And he was saying then, actually, whenever you did this to one of these little ones of mine, you did it to me. You did it for me. So I was a stranger, and you invited me in. So on one hand, we've got this whole idea of of hospitality within the church family. And yet on the other hand, there's this whole concept of hospitality very much to the stranger. To the the stranger that feels a bit weird. I mean kind of the people we don't know uh, well. The people we've maybe not met or, or that we don't know well. And rather than this being a, an either-or, this is one of those classic both-ands, and especially the overlap. Now, I'm, I'm a visual person, so I just kind of did a little sketch, which Jonathan can, can put on. And it's not just within the church, it's not just to those we don't know well, but very much bring these together, and it is absolutely a combination as well, because there are plenty of people we don't know in our church family as well. So it's both 
those we do know. It's both those we haven't even met who've never come to the church family. But it's also the strangers, the people we don't know well within the church family. And actually, in terms of the historical context, that was exactly what the early church was like. People were, were coming into these house churches all the time. Some of them were coming in terrified because of persecution or they're like, don't know what's going on. Some, some of their lives were extremely tough. Others were coming in because they'd simply heard the gospel and they were like, yes, and they'd got saved. But there was this constant inflow of people who others wouldn't have known, and quite a lot of it is like, reach out, make these people welcome. These are brothers and sisters. And so there's very much the stranger within the church uh, as well. Now, on any given Sunday here, there are people in the room that you do not know. In fact, every single Sunday when I come, there are people here I'd, I don't recognize. Uh, I think Pretty much there are people here who are coming every, every week for the first time or the first couple of times. And maybe they're kind of dipping their toe in and thinking like, well, what's it like? And I don't, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those places where everyone else seems to like know each other. They're like, in fact, everyone else seems to be best friends with everyone else. And you just seem to be like the only one who's like, oh, okay, I'm the only one here who doesn't know everyone. And there's that kind of awkwardness. And it, and it feels, you know, you're kind of longing without saying it. Someone come and make me welcome. Someone come and chat to me. Uh, or, or I'm just not going to put myself through this pain uh, on, on another, another time. And in fact, give me a wave if you've been in an environment, maybe a church, maybe even this church, if you've been that, oh, everyone knows each other apart from me. There are hands going up in different places. I think sometimes in that moment, we unconsciously put on the I'm confident mask, and we're like, yeah, I'm confident. I'm not, I'm not on my own. And actually, sometimes what that does is the person who might come over thinks, oh, actually, they look a bit confident. They look a bit scary. And then they don't come over. Or one of the other things we do is we get out our phones and we start kind of hiding with our, with our screens. And then the person who might have come over then goes, oh, they look very busy. And that becomes the excuse for not coming over. Uh, sometimes, and I've, I've seen this uh, even here, sometimes the really lovely people look out for, I wonder if there's anyone on their own, I'll go and meet them, go make them feel welcome. But someone's come as a couple, and then we're like, oh, they're together, yeah, they're together, they're fine. And the couple at the end go, is there something wrong with us? No one came to say hello. Um, and we just need to be completely aware of this. This is something for all of us to know, even in this building, uh, as well as uh, out of this building. Yes, it is a bit scary sometimes going to people we don't know and saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, especially if you're like me, when actually you have met them two or three times, okay, six or seven times. But we've just got to get over the awkward and we've just got to keep reaching out, uh, both in the building uh, and, and out the building. Okay, now... This uh, series we're in on hospitality. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we started with explaining this is, starts with the hospitality from heaven. And then last week, it was about the hospitality from, in our hearts. And then this week, it's meant to be uh, hospitality. This is what I'm meant to be speaking on, hospitality in the home. I, I don't know if you've got any um, hospitality disaster stories. 
Uh, we do. Uh, a little while ago, um, actually, this was three days before our wedding day. Um, we had just found a, a flat, a house in London uh, that we had started renting, uh, and Vix was staying in the spare room, and I was still in my old place. Um, and we'd got the place kind of ready so that after the honeymoon we could we could move in. And then for the wedding, we had a few people who were coming in from overseas. Um, and it was New Year's Eve, like two days, three days before the wedding, and we were like, well, we can't let them have New Year's Eve on their own. So we hosted a party, uh, and Vix had made the house look beautiful, and we were all in the, in the sitting room uh, having chats, having drinks and nibbles, and there was something lovely in the kitchen happening. Um, and then, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, one or two of the guests just started looking at each other and going, do you smell smoke? And, and it's actually, it does, it does feel a little bit kind of like hazy in here. And we were like, oh no. And so we went into the kitchen, and as we went in, we were met by flames, not coming from the stove, I hasten to add, but we had a, a kind of a, a wood-burning stove, but actually it was gas, it was like a fake wood-burning stove. And the day before, making the house pretty, Vix had put this beautiful candle on it. The stove was off at the time. It was a sensible place to put a big candle. Then that day, it was cold. I decided to turn on the stove, didn't notice the candle, but then when a stove gets hot, really hot, candles melt, and all this liquid wax seeped in into the kind of through the door cracks and ignited, and we didn't notice until the flames were right up by the ceiling, and it was, it was chaotic, disaster, hospitality moment. We got through it. Uh, Vex responds well in a crisis, and I was like, Good girl, I'm going to marry you. Um, but actually, now that I've told that story, I want you to forget that story. Because even without the fire, that's not hospitality. That's entertaining. Hospitality is something so much richer, so much deeper, so much more uh, special. It's about welcoming people into our hearts into our homes, into our lives. Often people that we don't know very well. It's not just about having our buddies around and, you know, where that could be reciprocated. We could end up at their house a future weekend and things like that. Actually, this is just living such an open life where we're saying, you're welcome. You're welcome. And one of the great things about real hospitality is that we don't need to make the house beautiful we don't need to do a big cleanup because actually what we're saying is, is, is come on in and how you find us is how we are. This is us. This is our, our normal. There are lots of helpful uh, descriptions or, or um, definitions of hospitality out there. One I really like is this. It says hospitality is treating strangers and friends alike. Now there's so much scope, I guess, for, for kind of guilt trips uh, with this. I, I'm not trying to give anyone a guilt trip. Uh, Andrew last, last uh, week was actually saying, hey, I'm hypocritical here, I'm guilty. Um, I think all of us feel that. Actually, by the way, Andrew's, Andrew's not. Andrew and Nikki, um, they often have loads of people, including people they don't know, around at their house. And, and, and when they're around, they're often young adults. And actually, they not only do they just spend their time serving, 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 uh, they also, I just see them having conversations with loads of people. Some they know, plenty they don't know. And just, I just 
giving dignity, giving love, and it's, it's beautiful. So I think you were a bit hard on yourself uh, last, last week, both, both of you guys. But real hospitality is, is that just come as you are. Come and join uh, our mess. Uh, and let's not make those excuses for ourselves that, oh, I'm, I'm really busy, uh, really tired, and we need to have family time. I, I, think, I think sometimes we, those are real, and on occasions we've got to say, we've got to prioritize and say the right yes, but I know I can, can fall into the, I guess, the trap of just being a little bit too self-absorbed, uh, um, and we need to kind of maybe break out of that. Uh, from time to time. I think today there's an invitation uh, for us to take all of this to God and ask him to search us and to examine us. And, and maybe we're saying our prayer today, maybe it's, Lord, how can I reflect you more uh, to those around me? And Lord, I want to say that nothing is off limits. I want to say my calendar is not off limits to you. I want to say my, my wallet is not off limits to you. Hospitality costs. I, I want to say my home is not off limits uh, to you. So earlier, uh, Andrew mentioned we're going to be giving all the men um, a sachet, a seasoning uh, sachet. Uh, and I reckon, men, your mission, should you choose to uh, accept it, is to use this sachet in an act of Real hospitality, perhaps to someone you don't know or someone you don't know well yet. They may be part of our church community in that kind of central overlapped section. They may be someone in your neighborhood, someone you just, you just know a little bit, or someone you've never met before. Maybe this uh, next couple of weeks even, we can use this as, a, as a, a moment. In fact, you don't need to use the Philly cheese steak sandwich seasoning. You could if, you, if you're lucky enough to get this one. Um, but this might be like a, a little prompt for us to go and be hospitable uh, to, uh, to others as, as well. Now, of course, this, this is not exclusive to, um, uh, to the men. Um, this, this is a very much an open thing uh, as, as well. But as we do it, maybe we just remember uh, Jesus did say that we, the church, are the salt uh, of the earth. And, and actually, there were, there were lots of uses of salt back in those days. Um, there was the use of salt uh, in the fields for fertilizer. Um, it was a kind of a potash salt. They still mine potash, by the way, down at the Dead Sea. Uh, and that was a, a kind of a fertilizer thing. Luke refers to that in, in, in Luke's gospel. There was uh, the uses of, of that potash for disinfectant. Again, Luke talks about that. There was Usage of salt as a preservative for stopping things decaying and rotting. And Jesus maybe is saying that actually we can have that influence on our society and in our culture. But there was, of course, the use of salt like this. And this key ingredient in all of these is, is salt as seasoning. We can make life taste better with God's love. In us, we can make life taste better for others. So I guess there's uh, an, an invitation. You don't need a sachet to do it. You don't need to be a man uh, to do it. I think what I'd love to do is love to end with just a quote from uh, an author called Rosaria Butterfield. Uh, she, she wrote a book um, called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Uh, I'd love to end with a quote from her uh, and then 
uh, we'll have a bit of time of prayer. So here's the quote, I'll put it on the screen. The purpose of radical, ordinary hospitality is to take the hand of a stranger and put it in the hand of the Saviour. Maybe invite you just to close your eyes for a moment.